Bootstrapped Web. We made it. We're back. How's it going, Jordan? We made it. A little delay here, a little delay there. <laughs> We're back today. I got a big day over here at home. We got, yeah. uh, it's Jewish New Year. So Rosh Hashanah. I'm not a religious, uh, I'm not very observant, but I like to, you know, keep the traditions going with the kids, be consistent with it. So after this podcast, I'm going to start doing some cooking. Okay. Make sure we got some a- apples and honey and the, the whole deal. So right on. we got that ahead of us. Are you going, then, do you guys go to temple? Or, we no. we don't go to temple. No. Okay. No, just do it at home. And today is fun because it's Friday, which means it's like Shabbat dinner with the Rosh Hashanah. Uh-huh. So it'll be fun. And of course, you know, that's like from five to seven and then like from seven to nine going to someone else's house for something. And then like four soccer games. There you go. So that's it. You know, last week I was like, oh, I'm so happy to be back in the routine. This is the routine. A lot, a lot going on. I, My family and I, we were, we were raised Jewish, uh, bar mitzvah and everything. And I I mean, it never just, it just never stuck for me at a point now. I had no idea that it was even that holiday today. So, <laughs> okay. So it really didn't stick. You, uh, you're, you're nonstick, my friend. <laughs> nope. Nope. But um, yeah, that that's cool. I, I remember all those, all those traditions though. Yes. Um, for, for me, I think it's a, uh, I was not religious at all growing up. We didn't go to temple, nothing, but we, we kept up, you know, we had dinner every Friday, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But now my wife, not Jewish, if I don't go out of my way and be proactive, then, you know, not, nothing will happen on the yep. Jewish side. So yep. <laughs> I have the motivation. <laughs> cool. Yep. All right. Um, you know, it's another one of those uh, days where we, we recorded just a week ago. So now it's like, True. well, what do we... What do we talk? And I've got a bird right outside my window who wants to apparently join our podcast here. Okay, come on in. <laughs> uh, you know, what are we talking about? I feel like we should do like a random show. <laughs> Just about. Yeah, I'm down. I, I saw you posting things on Twitter. Uh, I posted something on Twitter yesterday. I saw someone else's Shopify app got shut down. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, I saw your tweet yeah, about that. Yeah. yeah I love how app. like that's your personal that's my niche. marketing strategy is like <laughs> calling out <laughs> shopify horror stories <laughs> it's 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 bad it's bad it's bad someone was like we should have a support group i'm like you should see the number of people i've spoken to over the last three years after i became known as like the shopify screwing you go talk to this guy right the number of like <laughs> investors funded company founders that just get pointed in my direction i'm like Here's the deal. I'm going to give you the, and and I, I'm always honest with people. This is the tip of the spear version of the story. This isn't what happens to everyone. This is just the worst case scenario. And one, it's one point of view and factor it in. Don't, you know, immediately change your entire business, but have this point of view in mind. Yeah. But when it comes to this like personal online branding thing, I mean, the key is to be known for one thing. And <laughs> that is you know, not you're... what I want to be known for. <laughs> um, Speaking of, I have been encouraged again this week uh, to start posting again, but on, on LinkedIn. Mm. Dude, yep. that's you know, the thing. I mean, forever I've been like, all right, well, I'm gonna get into LinkedIn. I'm gonna see what this what this thing is all about. And I still, every time I try to touch it, I'm like, I gotta get the hell out of here. But, <laughs> yeah, I I I understand the sentiment, but uh, I, I just, actually am starting to do some stuff. Not really myself on a day to day basis, but uh, starting to do some cold outreach, and it involves a bit of LinkedIn work. So, okay, so so. When I say posting on LinkedIn, 
it's all within that context of of sales. Mm-hmm. So I've been I've been having conversations recently about marketing. I think we talked last week about that like strategy that I heard about that evidently everyone knows except me uh, about using something like Clearbit to identify visitor information and then pipe that over to your SDR. So when they're making outbound calls for the day, they at least have you know five, ten, fifteen companies that they can say, hey, someone from your company visited our site yesterday. Do you want to talk? Mm-hmm. So as I go further into those conversations, a lot of it ends up with LinkedIn ads to drive that initial traffic. And then right next to that, it's if you're not posting on LinkedIn, you're just wasting. You, it's not even you wasting money. You're just wasting an opportunity because it gives you great reach. And if you want your outbound to be as effective as possible, you want visibility. Mm-hmm. So ads will do that, even if they don't click the ad, at least they're seeing your name and your company. Yeah. But it is infinitely better to see an organic post from a real person than it is to see an ad. And it's effectively the same thing. They may not read your entire post. They may not click. They may not do anything with These it. These are all just but, cha- like they're all just channels or touch places where your name can be mm-hmm. seen. And it, and it's yes. on each individual person, like each lead. It's a question of like where where is their attention? Is their attention in their email inbox? Are they on LinkedIn? Are they searching Google for stuff? Um, do they talk to? Do they get all, do they get all, do they buy based on recommendations from people? Like, and these are all channels. Like, and, and I, at the end of the day, it's sort of like be, be on all of them. To, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think now that we feel much more confident in our sales process, it's very natural for us to now start to look up the funnel and say, well, all right, well, where's the traffic coming from? And how can we add, right? If we're at the point where we want to add volume, then it shouldn't just be, more outbound it should be other touch points and how to make outbound more effective yep yep yeah i'll let you know if if i'm able to make that turn yeah for sure i think um uh what did i i've I've got i'm so unprepared with today's talk (laughs) uh but you know like i am still in this like marketing experiments phase um uh, always a lot going on on the product side but there are multiple marketing channels that we are testing right now um and in different phases of completion uh some are like in different stages of development in terms of the experiment some are just ramping up some are sort of shutting down some some are ongoing um but um uh thanks to last podcast um i'm talking to a few people a few more coaches potential coaches for uh uh one potentially working on um working on like the seo stuff uh working with the other strategic coach um so i really like that approach of like all right we because my i really like this approach of like me and my small team can produce and ship and do the technical work and the internal processes and the execution but you know just bringing in some outside uh point of views and and help to like just look over our stuff i'll I'll show you Mm -hmm. everything you, you need to see um i'll bring you into my Ahrefs, my my analytics uh, numbers, all of it, and um, kind of strategize. I, I feel like I, I really like this 
general strategy, like forget about the individual marketing channels, but just the okay. general, this is sort of picking up on what we were talking about last week, especially for someone like me, I am solo. I don't have business partners. I have a very small team and they're, and they are not, um, like high level executive level team members. They are, you know, they're, they're just really talented executors, task oriented. So in that sense, I'm really, really on my own day to day. And okay. anytime I can get, and, and, you know, there's, there's always like advice and friendships that I have like long, long-term, but those are not like with me day to day or week to week or on an ongoing basis. And I'm really kind of interested now in like, like I'm a good operator with my small team and bootstrapped and keeping it lean and process oriented and we execute and we ship. I feel like we're really strong in all that. Um, but now I'm, I'm, I'm interested in like layering on a level of like strategic help at a high level in these little bits and pieces of like coaching engagements, basically, you know? And it's uh, like, it's just, it's not just augmenting knowledge that maybe you don't have internally or aren't familiar with this, but there's also an element to like taking other people's advice more easily and, and motivation when you're performing for someone and the accountability of Two weeks later, you got another call. How did it go? What What's yeah. next? I think that yeah. that is a, a big part of it. Is this is the cycling of cycling back on stuff? Because that's one thing when it comes to marketing channels. I tend to um, do a, a a big sprint of work on something for like two weeks or something to set up some new processes. Maybe delegate some something for a team member to do, and then I just move on to like the the next big project, and I sort of forget to to like circle back to like, is that working? Um, should we be optimizing it somehow? Should we be course correcting? And, and I think having a regular check-in like call or messaging, a lot of my stuff now is async with people, but like at least having an ongoing conversation with someone. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so we got some questions coming through on Twitter. I put it out there today. Um, yes. And I want to talk about it at some point. I, uh, what's a good term for what I'm trying to talk about here? Um, how would you define or what term would you use when you have a feature in mind that you think can be like a game changer? You know, like almost like a build it and they will come type of a fallacy or a you know swing for the fences thing or game changing whatever you want to call it i i am prone to that thinking i'm prone to it when when we get this out it changes everything so i've gotten to the point where i'm i don't get overly excited about individual features because it's rarely going to make that big of a difference yeah but then but then sometimes i think i'm not being hopeful enough like we're working on something right now that I have to stop myself from that line of thinking. Cause I, yeah. I think this is the biggest feature of the entire company's life. And then, and from then I I'm like motivated by it, but then I get worried that I'm getting my hopes up. And then I'm like, I feel like I don't have enough urgency. I should be like yelling from the mountaintops to rock and Jess. Like, I don't care what we need to do. Get this thing out, you know, as soon as possible. I, I I end up in a conversation with myself on don't fool yourself, don't be overly optimistic, but don't forget, maybe you're right. It's like dude, I feel like you are describing me. my whole uh mindset for the past 
12, 18 months on the car. Right, like, like once you get this, these two, yeah, like you, you call the feature complete or like. Yeah, yeah. But there, okay, so I have a bunch of different thoughts on this. Um, okay. I agree with you that my gut instinct is the typical, like, uh, I don't know, bootstrapper business mentality of like just enough to sell. <laughs> um, or like, okay. like it, don't keep building for the sake of building. Like I'm, I, I always start with that bias of like, like even though I like to build and I consider the product to be my stronger side compared to other parts, I still operate with the bias of like, am I building too much? Am I spending too much time on this and not spending enough on marketing and sales? Like just go out and sell, just go out and grow, focus on that and don't focus on product. Like that voice is always speaking to, okay. to me at all. Times. Yes. Yes. Like, don't forget um, to sell. People are paying for it now. Yeah. It's yes, a good reason. Like, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, we have customers, like just go get more of them. Like don't, you don't need all these extra features. Okay. But I do think that there's, you know, because there's also the product market fit question. And, um, that is not, it's not enough to just talk to customers or talk to a lot of them and then learn a bunch of stuff, which I did. It's also like, okay, I have a lot of learnings. We have to actually act on them. We can't just say we've learned a lot and then just try to keep selling the same product that was not fitting earlier. Like yeah, at a, at a certain point you have to admit like, okay, version one or version 0 0.5 was not the final product. And that requires building like there, you know, and customers repeatedly have told me what they want and what they expect. Um, and we don't have that yet. And so that was, that's been my operating mentality of like, we have to get to that quote unquote feature complete. Um, that being said, there, there have been, okay. So we've been on this roadmap, like, I don't know on the homepage, it looks like three or four really big tent pole features, but within those features, there's like a lot of mini features, like between the courses and the spaces and and right now we're working on payments those are like the big three to go along yep. with our async conversations that we've always had um and there have been those and, and and other parts of these things that like i thought that they were really really significant when we were building them but they and i think i talked about this last time like on the you you know, in my mind, it's like we're spending a lot of resources on building this stuff. And I spoke to so many customers that expressed how important it is. And then on the day that it launches, like the day I send the email, um, it sometimes it feels like crickets, but at the same time, but then you need a reality check on that too, because it, it that does not mean, and I'm definitely seeing this as the weeks and months play out. Those features are still super important to build mm -hmm. and ship but you cannot expect them to really make a difference on the day that they ship. Like yes, that, yes. that is a it's lesson that I'm learning is, now. Yes. Um, the initial notification and publication of the news, it doesn't go wide enough. It doesn't get to enough people. A lot of people are seeing it, reading it, hearing that, it. That, that's true. Um, mm -hmm. Like our overall audience is just not very large yet. That's, that's one issue. But also um, some of these features are so big that you can't expect customers to act on them the day the the day it becomes available, you know. Okay. Um, you know, like they're it, it's just they're not currently like it's not like everyone was 
They had nothing else to do in their lives, and they've been waiting by their email inbox for me to tell them that we've launched uh, the community spaces feature. Um, and uh, now they're going to migrate off of their other community tools and come right into Clarity Flow that week. It's just, it just does not work that way. Yeah. You know? um, but in the weeks and months that follow, it, it does completely change the game on the sales conversations and mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the conversion of people who visit our website for the very first time. And, and now they actually consider us as an alternative to circle and community apps. And, and now that we have programs and courses, like we literally have customers coming over and leaving Kajabi and Thinkific and course tools and migrating their courses onto Clarity Flow because it's in the same place where they can message with clients. Um, you know, it's like, and, and those conversations and those conversions would not be happening had we not spent months building that stuff. So, you know. Which, which at least to at least right now in the company, I often care more about how a feature will sell in the process than the actual adoption by users. And I know that that's not like a sustainable mindset, but we have features right now that really don't have much adoption, but they sell so well in a demo. And, and it gets people excited and it gets them connecting dots and, oh, my, my, you know, my client can use it doing this thing and, oh, we can give it to our sales reps or, and, I, and at least right now, I care more about that, if I'm being honest. You know what? And I, and on that same note, I've taken the same approach with, uh, I, I, I do show it in demos, but I show it right on the homepage, um, on the website. I've done this for really all my businesses, but especially in Clarity Flow. Like I knew what this roadmap was going to be starting from almost a year ago. Yeah. We launched the new website on Clarity Flow. I think it was like March 1st of 2023. And our homepage and, and all these pages on the site are like really promoting and selling all these big features. Most of them we did not have for most of this year. And some of them, like the payments feature, is still not there yet. Um we're selling it like we're and and i think that that is um it was sort of both painful and really helpful at the same time you know because like i think that like by really promoting we're promoting it like as if it's a finished product on the homepage. Yeah. that some people might see that as being you know it's deceiving and okay you know but i just don't agree with that mindset because you have to the sooner that you can get a stranger to come to your website and give you feedback on whether it's resonating with them or not, the better, you know? Um, and by launching that and then, and as soon as we launched all that information about these new features, you know what happened? I started receiving inbound questions and requests and interest and, and, oh, can I, can I do this or that with the, with the uh, programs feature or with the spaces mm -hmm. feature? I would get all those questions and I, and in my mind, I'd be like, shit, we haven't even built that yet. And I, I want to tell this person like, yeah, you could do all that and go ahead and sign up and do it. But yeah. what I'm actually seeing is like, this is someone who is telling me like they would be actually considering buying this today if it's available. And, and then I right. have to like disappointingly tell them like, hey, we're still working on that piece. It's coming in a few weeks, you know, but. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know that. I feel like as long as you're transparent, it's okay. Yeah, what I my approach so has valuable. been like it's on the if you look at the homepage, it's all there. 
if you look at the pricing page, it's there with a little coming soon label. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, it's, and I now think we're it's only one thing. Only all, all of it is now shipped except for just the uh, the payments feature. So payments. Okay. Yeah, yeah we are we're work this feature that I think can be big for us. Um, I'm currently going through the thought process on when to start talking about it. I was just right. going to ask, it, can you can you talk about it? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> but but the timing of it uh, really matters. I don't want it. My our assumption yeah, I know, is that with your with your fall season, winter season, like ha- is this something fall, that like you would have to ship next year or it would probably ship in January. That's realistic. But I want to start marketing and selling it as soon as possible. But as soon as we talk about it, there is an element to our competitors and tipping them off on uh, onto it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we don't want to over-index on that. At the end of the day, when I think about that balance between making it public, our competitor then knows, then they have time, and all, all of those factors, I still conclude to just talk about it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Because you, you may as well. And w- this is something that we've been working on, and I've been like aiming at for a while, and I would be pissed off to hear our competitor announce it before us i would definitely be pissed off yeah Hmm. Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. i mean i am very i'm aware of competitors and i and i i I just don't spend a lot of time like keeping tabs on them but i i'm only aware of them in terms of how my customers talk about them so like i never really consider it like a race um or yeah like I just like want I, I, like to, like what I'm racing against is our own clock in terms of like, how soon can we get into the arena where we are a legit solid alternative? Because clients are asking us if we are a good alternative to that because they want to leave. They want to yeah. use us, you know? Yeah. I look before rally, before this like VC funded version of it, I thought about competition the same way that you don't have to beat the competition in order to build a successful business. In our universe now, the way our buyers buy, mm. because they are professional buyers, what they do for a living, they evaluate and and then ask for approval. That process involves getting multiple proposals. Mm-hmm. And then it really is, here are your three options, choose one, and you either win or you lose. Yeah. So it is a much more straightforward competition. It is like, and, and we have had multiple deals where it comes to us and the one competitor and we've lost some and we've won some. So it, it really, really feels yeah. much more competitive in nature, which is a, w- a weird thing. Yeah. But I sympathize much more now with people and investors who are like, you know, that like competitive. That, like, that has its own benefits. Aggressive version. What you're describing is like, you you know exactly how, how you are being compared. So like over time, you can just, just hammer through like yes. overcoming every one of those objections and like, you know, yeah, like yes. like some of it comes down to like the buyer's approach, but like you you know that like on on every point that tends to come up in these deals, we we have a strong position here. Here's what yes, it is, you know? and it also makes sense a lot more now why investors are like you know give us the differentiating points. Yeah, and and when we're interviewing salespeople, that's what they want to know also because they know you're going to win or lose the deal based on how you are different from the competitor. Mm-hmm especially going up against an incumbent 
as a startup, you need to have some differences to give them reason to go off of the default uh, incumbent option. Yeah. You know, that the differentiating thing really is so important. I feel like I, I say this a lot, but it's like one of those like, you know, business marketing lessons that uh, I have to keep relearning and, 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 and the whole like idea of niching down, um, no matter how many times I do it or try to do it, it's at first it's hard. Like, cause I know that there are people listening who have some sort of like app or product and, and they haven't fully embraced the idea of like really niching down to one market and being the perfect solution for them. But like, the, the, in my experience now with, with with doing it both ways, the grass is greener when you niche down. It, it, and I hate these blanket statements, but at least in my experience on my products, um, like it's um, it makes it easier. It, there, it makes so many different things easier. Even like it makes the hard things easier. Like for example, right now, um, talking about competitors, like our main competitive differ- differentiator is like. We do what those tools do, except we are the one that is literally made for how coaches do it, not not how everyone does it. Um, like for courses, like if, you, mm-hmm. if you're comparison against a, a a big name like course delivery platform, we're for the way that coaches use courses in their mm-hmm. in, in their work, right? Yeah, um, that's like just carving out yeah. a spot for but yourself. Like, the other thing, an, an interesting thing that happened this week, I so I sent my my monthly investor update a couple of weeks ago, and um, and uh, a friend uh, Aaron Casover gave me a really good reply, and this is one of those like I should have I should have had a clearer picture of this, but this is why it's great to get outside feedback. He was like, you know, your numbers on on everything, the metrics and everything they're just really muddied up right now because of the transition from zip message to clarity mm-hmm. flow. Sure. And it's true. And, and there are some, so one, one of the people on Twitter today, like asked, like if I would be transparent about numbers and how yeah, the transition right. is going, like I said, I don't like to be fully public about numbers, but I can share some things here, which is like, it's been a, a rough ride for the past year. Um, there've been good spots and bad spots, but the one sort of aha moment that my friend, um, helped me realize he was like, just segment out your legacy customers versus your new customers. Um, so I just did that in chart mogul and okay. And like, it like completely changed. <laughs> like does it MR really? I was going to say how different does it look? You know, it was like literally like a two, two click like report that I just had to pull up. Right. And Cause you were viewing it as your business. I was just viewing like the to... overall MRR yes. and the overall churn and the overall everything. And, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been like a rocky road with, you know, for the past year. But then when you, if I look at just new customers who've been signing up since we've been promoting it as clarity flow, since we've been promoting these prices, like that's an MRR graph that goes up and to the right (laughs) every month, you know, um, that's a trip. And, and the, and I sort of already knew this, but I didn't look at it in a graph, which was like all the churn or the vast majority of our churn are older Older. zip message customers who a lot of them when they churn they give me the message like yeah the new clarity flow direction is just not for me i'm not a coach yep yep which is expected and look i hate to see churn happen of course sure but like i said the the whole thing with niching down it makes even that feel better because i because 
most of the time, nine times out of 10, when a cancellation comes through now, it's one of those messages like, I'm not, like the new direction is not for me or I'm just not using it that much because I don't have the need the way that coaches have the need. And, you know, it's like, I don't want to see them go, but I'm, but it definitely softens the blow, you know? Um, yes. It's, it, it hurts much more if it's like a coach and they, and it's sure. Then, right. You, you didn't get it right for those them. turns. You know? Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's like, if you were, uh, we we had some of these issues around card hook back in the day when because we had two products for a while and when i was raising money from like a few angel investors uh it was a much better story for the same reasons right we had we had one product oh yeah 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 the, right we had we had the abandonment product recovery, for like yeah. two yeah for like two years and then we and then we literally removed the ability to sign up for it so then it just stagnated and was just on a slow decline with just churn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when I when I when I raise money and and I want to show metrics, then it was really all about just ignore that revenue entirely. Let's pretend that doesn't exist. Yeah, that's that's funny. So how do you look I at metrics now? I'm curious. Like, how do you um what reports are you looking at? How often, what are your key metrics that you care about? Not looking. <laughs> serious yeah i look i look at revenue and i look at burn and that is and i look at gmv mm-hmm. and number of customers but i don't look at profit well i don't look at churn i don't look at growth rates or I, it's just not it doesn't give enough uh insight in yeah. the actual number i look at gmv that's my fun graph and that is my we have an internal dashboard and I can see how much revenue we've processed. Yesterday was our biggest day ever. Hell yeah. Um, and I see how many people have been active in the last 30 days. And I see what changes there are there. And I see how much money people are making in post-purchase. So I see some, I look at some usage things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yesterday when I was looking, I noticed that one customer was having a outsized day. And so you know, our success reached out to them and said, you know, what's going on? Do you guys get featured on a show or something? Then we're congratulating them and and that type of thing. But from like a business metrics point of view, I really am looking at revenue and expenses. And then I'm having weekly conversations uh, on pipeline where, where, you know, like these 15 customers that are in these various stages, right? It ranges between like 15 and you know, we don't look at like the early stage because then it, uh, that's kind of pointless. Mm-hmm. But then we go one by one. Like, what is the next step with this person? Okay, we sent the, the proposal. They said they're going to get approval from their executive team. When are we expecting an answer? If we don't get an answer by the state, like what's our next step? Like, what are we, what are we sending them? Yeah, yeah. So it's really very, very qualitative right now. Yeah, yep. I'm sort of the opposite so on, on um, I have cooled it off with like checking the MRR graph all the time. I, I was doing that for a while. Um, and then it just got to a point where it's like, this is not helping strategically. It's not helping me mentally. <laughs> uh, this is not good. Um, but uh, I mean, I do still check that. Um, and But the, the opposite thing is like, I don't, I'm not really closely tuned into like expenses and burn and stuff i I mean i'm aware of what it is um but it doesn't change all that often 
Like I mm-hmm. just keep the the team at what it's at. I mean, unless I make a decision to like do a new investment, which happens, I don't know, once once or twice. I don't know. It, it happens at, at different schedules, but like, it's not like all of a sudden things are going to get way out of control on on burn. You know, um, I that's sort of just like a steady state, and I I do the bookkeeping every supposed to be every month um and then uh that's it you know but um the month i i think the first of the month is a big one for me writing the investor update really reviewing that's when i closely review the numbers and i sort of dig in and see like how did we do this month compared to the last three or four months um yeah true so you want to go to twitter yeah let's do that I asked a few people, um, I asked for people to uh, share their business and what they're currently, what their current challenge is. Um, I think there's one or two that, all right, how about this one? Jason Beggs, I I worked with Jason. He he did the front end development on the new Clarity Flow site uh, along with with Mike McAllister who designed it. but Jason has, uh, I think he, like he's been offering this service for a while, but I think he, he just launched like a new branded version of it at designtotailwind.com. So okay. the well, design like, looks like, like, like PSD to HTML. Yeah, <laughs> like the old that. school PSD <laughs> yeah. to HTML, except this is, you know, Figma to uh, Tailwind. I, I guess he okay. works with like other stuff too, but it's mainly like, and dude, like I, First of all, just as a testimonial, like I worked with Jason, he is the man. Um, I mean, one of the best front end uh, devs that I've ever worked with. I learned a ton from him, and um, ta- I mean, especially you know working with Tailwind inside and out. And he also helped me set up Statomic uh, CMS. So um, awesome work there. So now he's like, I guess it's sort of like a productized service, sort of at least the way that he's promoting it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, his challenge that he said on Twitter was he's getting decent traffic, 300 plus views a month, but mostly return customers, not many new ones. How do I get new leads for it? That's what he's mm. asking. Um, I got some quick thoughts, I guess. Um, I mean, it is a service, and I believe it's just him. I don't think he has like a team turning this stuff out. Maybe he plans right. to at some point. Um, but um, first of all, it's like it's a service, which means you don't need uh, that many customers. Um, yep. For it to be, but I would, I would lean on referrals, honestly. Um, you know, because like service providers, especially like like this, it it really is word of mouth, and that's going to happen naturally if you're if you're good. And you do good work for good clients. Like you're going to get some natural word of mouth. Yes. The, the benefit that I think Jason has is working with a lot of. Uh, it seems like a lot of his clients are like higher visibility SaaS companies. That's I agree with you 100. percent So if you get them to That's talk about your work, um, I mean I've I've referred a bunch of people to Jason and uh, Mike. Over the la- over the last year, just talking about their work on Clarity Flow because right from your experience, right? I mean, just look at it; it's awesome, you know. Um, and uh, so I don't know, like, so, I don't know if there's like specific tactics here, but I would be really leaning on like how can how can you like showcase the work and get it out there more? 
But. That feels like the the best marketing asset. The fact that you have like, I mean, you know, for lack of a better term, influence type uh, previous clients. Yeah, and and people always want to look up and admire the the people that they look up to, and then be more like them and use the same services and feel like they're in the same uh, strata. All of those emotional triggers, along with all like the trust and credibility that comes with sites that are visible that seems yep. like the best marketing asset uh and maybe he needs to go on linkedin and be a little more shameless like us <laughs> there you go i think also something like that it's it's tailwind css it's it's design it's it's coding so i guess you could do things like invest a lot of time and energy into like growing a youtube channel with like tips on how to do that stuff and yeah for expertise I guess that's good to do and and you could grow a large audience and that could help but it's going to be a ton of work um whereas you don't maybe you don't need if if you don't want to do that stuff naturally then you know then you then you just need like five really good clients a month and it's a great business you know and you can get True. you can also look world. for distribution through like-minded or aligned partners right so if there are uh, right. Think about for us, for example, who, who uh, the partners that we're aligned with work with e-commerce merchants, but don't want to build and maintain their own checkout. So they're like, perfect. We don't want to do that. Let's send it over to you. So where else is that natural for this part of the marketing site process? Right. Maybe there are uh, firms that are great and love to design, but then don't want to code. Like you can team up with them and then uh, yeah. they'll, they'll send a business. So he doesn't have to do his own marketing. Yeah. My, my buddy, uh, rich stats, uh, runs a, a fantastic business called uh secret stash. Um, and they are a WordPress dev shop. Um, and they, and that, that has been his strategy for years now. He just, he has a, a beautiful like sales funnel where he just reaches out to design agencies all over the place and okay. he becomes their go-to coding shop to get their clients stuff uh you know developed in in like high-end wordpress um yeah that, that'll work yep um i don't know there's a couple more like that in, in the feed you got anything any other like topics or whatever i don't know what what, what else has happened in the world you gonna get a new iphone or a new uh, apple watch not gonna get a new iphone you know that's like no. I, I feel like i'm due for one i could probably like i don't think it's gonna cost anything to replace mine on my plan and stuff but like i don't know i have the 12 pro like they have there's there, what's been new about it in the last three four five years it's slightly better oh. camera it, the camera's great already it's yeah better. it's lighter why it's, do i want it to be lighter i don't i don't understand I don't, why it feels like the, the biggest news coming out of it is all the drama around lightning and usb-c and yeah. switching again and right, regu so regulation and who knows <laughs> yeah um how about um how about health this is something that i'm actually really into okay right now. uh yeah like i'm curious to know because i i'm i'm Finally, for the first time in a really long time, I'm starting to shed a few pounds and uh, and get in better shape and take exercise a lot more seriously and eat. And just my whole relationship to food is changing now. Um, uh, I'm curious to know, like, what does your routine look like now? I know we've talked about this before, but like, 
Okay. I don't know. How do you, how do you, uh, how do you, how do you stay on top of it? Okay. So at some point over the summer, I, uh, I lost control of it and I would kind of like look over in a, in like a mirror or like walking. I, I, I can think of like a few times, right. I'm, I'm in a bathing suit, got a t-shirt on, like at the pool and I look over it and it's just, is a little, there's more roundness mm-hmm. to the belly that I, than I would like. I'm looking mm-hmm. a little, little, little more up and down, a little less con, you know, uh, extending outward. Uh, and that, that motivates me when I'm like, I don't, I don't want to feel like that. All right. What, what do I need to do? So as the summer, like started to come to a close, I was like, this is like one of those perfect opportunities where, you know, you're not going out all the time and every weekend and all this stuff constantly. So the, for me, I do, I work out twice a week. Uh, it's 6 a.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, my the, my uh, wife the likes Orange Theory. No, I, I I stopped Orange Theory and I found this local gym. And the <laughs> the the joke with my wife and I is, um, I was the only dude. <laughs> so it's okay. me me and like five moms. Okay, in this group in this group training, and. I don't care. I'm game, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll break the glass ceiling. But I went, <laughs> I felt a little uncomfortable because, you know, ladies are like, all right, now we got to deal with a dude in, in the room, right. you know, <laughs> which, which is fine. That's fine. But we start off and like, we do the little warm up, like the, you know, little like three minute warm up before getting into the actual thing. And this warm up was straight feminine. It was like, like, <laughs> <laughs> was, I, no one could see it's like a dance class it, it was like it was like that okay it was like a dance thing from the 80s and i was like i have made a mistake <laughs> this is a terrible mistake <laughs> but but then and then we finished the warm-up and the actual workout is amazing exactly what i want like circuits change every few minutes some body weight some some this and that and it was like perfect so and and now a, another dude joined up. So one of the ladies' husbands, she definitely like went home and told him like, "Hey, this man joined our class. You can join now." <laughs> um, that's hilarious. So that's my spot. I, I have Chris, something similar to that uh, recently. All right, so I've been playing tennis for for uh, okay about a year or so, and I, I've been really enjoying it. Getting, I'm still pretty bad, but I'm getting better. Um, I'm actually playing tonight. I got a tournament playing tonight. But the um, nice. so I've been getting into that. I, I I really love like playing and the competition of it, and also just with myself, like getting my game together. Yeah, like that's to be been better. a huge challenge. Like really, yeah. really difficult to actually get get the strokes down. Do you get mad at yourself? Super mad. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, why do I put myself through this? But then I go play like twice a week. You know, I uh, love um, it. <laughs> all right. So, but one thing about where I, where I live, I'm in the suburbs here, and there's a couple like tennis clubs, and here in the summer I go to the outdoor place and there's a group that so i've been playing with these like uh like point play groups you know which has been fine a good way to learn a good way to get out there and and sweat and and but like what i really want is a league that i can show up and somebody has arranged an opponent for me that i can go have a match just lined up like i don't i don't want to have to have to like do like a whole social club no the planning no no yeah the planning i just you know i have friends who like live in the city and like that's what they have there's so many players they just join a club and they show up every tuesday night there's yes, a game it's lined scheduled up, out for months yeah so you, i don't, don't have that okay. i don't really have there's there's one league i could do but it's a higher level i'm i'm not nowhere near good enough to play mm-hmm. that yet um the um so i was like all right well how do i solve this problem 
I could keep playing tennis. I can keep doing the the point play stuff, which I am doing right now. But there's this thing, pickleball, which is on a tear. Yeah. And I'm and and the the pickleball courts are right next to the tennis courts. Every time I see it, the there's like twelve courts. They're rocking. Entire, they're entirely yep. packed, right, all the yep. time. And there's a whole program in my town. Like they're arranging these matches. There's a whole league. I'm like, great. This okay. This sounds great. Let me. So I put it out on Twitter. I was like, is is pickleball actually fun? Like. Oh hell yes! So I did it. I signed. <laughs> I signed up for like pickleball one on one or whatever. Like okay. Like intro group. <laughs> and my one fear of this was that it would just be all super old people, you know. Oh um, no! I feel like it's it's cut across everyone. Well, uh, that was the impression that I got, like on Twitter, like all like friends. My my right, peers, everyone loves it. They're yes, like, yeah. yeah, I play it all the time. It's a lot of fun. I show up and like, dude, I have gray hair and stuff. But like, I am clearly by far the youngest person on the court here, you know? Awesome. awesome. And I don't know. I, I played and I, that, I, I did it the one time and then I just went straight back. Yeah. And that's it. I was like, I, I just got to get back. I, I'm, I'm playing tennis. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm about to start a, a league for a sport called paddle. Have, have you seen that? Uh, I don't it's, think so. It's like pickleball. It's a shrunken down tennis court. And it's a paddle sport. It uses a tennis ball like ball, but with a little less bounce. And it has like uh, uh, walls oh, that so are in play. <laughs> yes. So it's like big here in Chicago and it's a winter sport. So like the courts are heated and then everyone hangs out in like a little hut, you know, with like a barbecue and some beers and, and there's like leagues. That's so I, that's my that's my version of get into a, a tennis league, and I'm about to start that in the next like two weeks. Nice. I've never never played before. <laughs> I don't own a racket. I gotta like buy all this stuff. That but like you, I'm fun. like it's just too good. Yep. Um, and everyone here plays it, so I'm like, all right, fine, let's do it. Na- like, so I mean, and you know, pickleball, I I get the appeal, um, but it's like, I personally, I just don't find it as enjoyable to than like baseline rallies on on tennis i mean like tennis pickleball, is, you're, you're running yes. to the net and it's like i don't know it's but, it is a different thing yeah tennis is so beautiful it's, so it's my, great but, but it's less accessible i i still i still have this problem though that i want to play more especially more competition like tonight i'm in a tournament which is like only like a once a year thing um but i my plan now as we get into the fall and winter i i do go to an indoor club during those months i think i'm just gonna invest in a in a private coach to play with like twice a twice a month probably um and the goal is number one to just play a lot get good enough get my tennis rating up enough to be able to mm-hmm. just join like the higher level league you know? yes um yes and that's that's the goal i don't know i, I want to do it like sooner rather than later but yeah I, i'm with you it's it's kind of fun like you know in in your 40s i, don't, I know i'm in my 40s i think you're you're right there um oh i'm i'm turning 41 next month oh look at you shit um yeah it's it's fun to kind of find new new sports i mean right this is i've literally never played this sport before but i'm just gonna dive in because it it just sounds like too much fun but the most important thing for me is over the last like three weeks i have turned the corner and now i am like excited to work out and like a little bit addicted to feeling sore and i'm like doing push-ups in the kitchen like kind of thing oh yeah 
because it just feels it's just you know at some point it's not oh i gotta go to the gym it's like i i don't want to miss on i don't want to miss this tuesday because then i won't feel as good i um i really changed the whole game for myself over so i on 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 the exercise side, I feel like eating has been a big change for me too, but the exercise, um, I have been working, I, I started strength training about a year ago using a five by five program, if you're familiar with that. Um, I built a home gym in my garage, I'm, I'm lifting like, like, but, and I got stronger I, and, and I'm feeling better over the past year, but um, I did not see a whole lot of like real results in terms of like my overall weight and fitness. Um, yeah. Uh, and a big part of that was eating. And I, and I think also I wasn't training hard enough. Um, so now recently I I'm continuing the five by five I've, I've added. So I do that three times a week, which is like, you know, like squats and bench press and deadlifts and stuff like that. Um, and then, um, I added a circuit, like a core circuit with like pushups and planks and leg lifts and, and things like that. So, and that's more of a fast paced, like short rest time so that that gets my heartbeat up so i'm combining that stuff three times a week and then on the off days i'm walking a lot like a lot more than before i I do like two or three miles um so that i'm doing all that movement like seven days a week whether it's strength or getting out there and listening to podcasts and walking plus like tennis two nights a week so like that's just trying to like really amp up the overall movement of my of my body is but <laughs> yes. it's at a point now where where like i i really feel uncomfortable if i go any day without doing one of those things like okay. I, I can't have a day when i'm doing nothing now yeah that's that's pretty good i the the diet thing is really hard dude that has really been the hard. biggest change it's... i um I started counting calories. This has been about three weeks ago now. Uh, lost eight pounds in the last three weeks, um, and and portion control. Those those if if I had to like really boil it down, there's a couple more things in there. And just so, eat a little less. <laughs> yeah, like every single meal, I I was just eating so much more than I real because I felt like I've been eating like reasonably healthy for the, for the past several years as we got older. You know, I don't eat a ton of fast food anymore. And like, you know, it's, we, we eat healthy at home, but just the portion sizes um, and the snacking, even if the snacks are healthy, there was still just a lot of calories going in. And um, I can't control it, man. I can't stop it. That's the thing. And so now just, just like, food. just literally like, like not only counting it, but like planning out the day. Like, like I know if I do this protein shake, that's, you know, that's, like two scoops, 200 calories right there. That's going to hold me over for the whole morning. And then I'm going to do this, this lunch. And like, that's going to be that number of calories for lunch. And then I I know I'm going to be doing this for dinner and like, that'll be it. Um, and, uh, just, just being more aware of that. Like it's, it's really helped. It's been kind of hard some days, but like overall it feels much better. And I, and I think it's the kind of thing like, like with anything else that's like, um, when I feel better health wise, I'm working better and I'm making better decisions and Mm -hmm. I'm not as, uh, emotional and distracted and unfocused at work. And I, Mm -hmm. like, it's more for me, like that's the big payoff is like, I actually perform better in business when I'm performing better as like a human, you know? Yes. But like the, the cycle 
it ideally just connects to every other part, how you feel about yourself, how you feel uh, like in terms of rest and sharpness, how you perform at work, how you perform as a dad and a husband, like all ideally that like all starts like going in a, in a positive circle. hundred percent. Yep. That and edibles, you got everything you need. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, that's another weird thing about this calorie thing is that like, I, months ago, I cut out drinking beers at home and, um, occasionally I still have one, like when we go out, but like, I want to sort of cut the calories, but I don't want to cut the alcohol. <laughs> uh, so I'm still, still trying to figure that out. I guess I just got to like stick to whiskey, but even that it's, it's hard to like fit into my routines. Yeah. Know. Like, be- like beers are really bad for you. Right. Yeah. And, and on that front. I have gotten like, into I just like, especially on like a Friday night, I just like a cold beer, you know, you like, I, I hear that. I hear that. I, I really, I appreciate when it's freaking ice cold, man. When I get at a restaurant, I'm like, thank you very much for giving me a beer that I can't get at home. I can't get it at this temperature. Um, I've gone into canned Palomas, you know, like tequila and grapefruit. Oh, I moved over from like high noon and I tried the high noon tequila. Is, is is no bueno, but this other uh, this other this. brand, oof, delicious. I would always prefer to have tequila as the underlying alcohol over I, like a vodka or beer or something else. I feel like every time I have tequila, I I'm like, why don't I drink? And why is this not my go to? Like whiskey's usually my go to or or beer. But. Yeah, all, all liquors other than tequila make me feel like I'm on the path down. And tequila makes me feel like I'm going up. That's a good way to put and that, it. I'm like addicted to that, like, you know, that Red Bull feeling along with a little intoxication. Speaking of tomorrow, I'm going to a costume, Las Vegas themed costume party. I'm dressing as Ace Rothstein, Robert De Niro's character in Casino. Oh, I'm wow. Oh, that's a good one. oh, my God. I got my hair slipped back. I got my uh, sunglasses. I got like an oversized coat with a ridiculous like shirt with big lapel. Oh wow! Pumped up, great. Movie. I thought it was like a twenty-person dinner party. Turns out it's like a hundred and twenty-five person, like legit party. <laughs> I had no idea, but I'm excited. Well, we're gonna go to my nephew's uh, fifth birthday party tomorrow, so that, that should be you a don't. whole lot of fun. Hell yeah! Good luck on all the soccer games this weekend, um, and and your your pickleball or tennis. Yeah, playing tennis tonight. All right, good stuff. I I hope it was uh, random enough for folks today. Yeah, you know, just to hang. You know, be in touch. Let us know what you're up to. All right. Later, folks. See everyone.